This is Laura Deirdre with the Becker's Digital Health Podcast. I'm thrilled today to be joined by Dr. Ash Goel, Senior Vice President and CIO of Bronson Healthcare in Michigan. Ash, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast today. It's my pleasure to be here. Thank you, Laura. Now, I know we've got a lot to talk about. There's so much happening in the healthcare space and evolving rapidly. But before we dive into my questions, can you tell me a little bit more about yourself and your background? Yes, absolutely. Uh, so as uh, you noted in the introduction, my name is Ash Goel. I'm a non-traditional technology expert because I am a physician who fell into this role for a lot of reasons and primarily in my belief that technology has a huge opportunity to improve delivery of healthcare, not just in the United States, but across the world. And I have practiced medicine in at least three different continents, and I've been working with healthcare in my entire career and technology primarily in the last 10 to 15 years of my career. I still practice medicine, and I enjoy every day of what I do. Excellent. Well, I am excited to jump into these questions here. So uh, the first one I have for you today is, uh, what issues are you spending most of your time on? I know, as you mentioned, you took kind of the untraditional path into becoming a CIO and healthcare informaticist. So I'd love to hear from your perspective what's really important in some of the big issues that are top of mind. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think the top of mind issues for me these days are around the idea of us moving into the next phase of service delivery and service optimization throughout our organizations. And as uh, we all know, the last few years have been even more challenging than usual for healthcare delivery. And before I got on with my day today, I had a meeting that I had been in with the Michigan Hospital Association executive leaders around some of the current challenges of the healthcare space in Michigan. And uh, for me and for us, it is about finding the opportunities and the resources to deliver care to our communities and how best to be able to do that while creating sustainable healthcare delivery models has been top of mind for me. And I, as I mentioned, strongly believe that uh, and our investments in technology and our ability to create some more efficiency in the resources that we are given will go a long ways in helping relieve the burden of uh, uh, healthcare waste and improve the quality of healthcare, in particular in you know, rural communities and underserved urban communities. Absolutely. I think that makes a lot of sense. And I know there is a history of larger health systems uh, helping out, especially some of the rural healthcare organizations on the technology side, being able to provide some investment dollars in that way, or just being able to share some of their resources and technology because the technology can be so expensive. I, I think, especially as you mentioned, um, during the current climate, I know it, it's uh, healthcare dollars are more precious than ever, and all systems are really looking at some of the financial challenges that have come out of the past couple of years. 
So when you think about what it will take in order to ensure that the rural communities have health care in close to home and not over bringing over capacity into some of the urban centers, what, what strategies are you thinking about and considering um, over the next couple of years? Yeah, there's uh, several things uh, that we have thought about and are building towards. Um, we have always looked to build more robust primary care delivery models and primary care delivery services, and they don't necessarily have to be physically in a four-wall building that we put up. It is about combination of several things, whether it is about partnerships or it is about building access points for individuals. And I'll point to one particularly successful program as it relates to technology. We have created a very robust and organically growing program where we offer integrated technology services to different community practices where they're able to share in our resources and still have an opportunity to continue to work independently in the communities they are in and just be connected to us. So we call it our one patient, one record, community record philosophy. We're using the platforms that we have, we are able to deliver to these communities and these practices essentially a uh, subsidized uh, under the regulatory framework set of services that allow them access to the best technologies that large health systems like ourselves can afford. And at the same time, the patients are much more able to and easily able to access not only primary care services, but also have access to a much larger a group of services, whether it is diagnostic services or it is specialty services when they need them. So it just removes that friction from uh, the delivery models and allows us to help communities get care where they need it. So that's, I think, one of our very successful programs that I think has gone a long ways in helping create channels for care delivery. And we had gotten into rural health, telehealth programs a long time ago. One of our uh, successes and still persistent challenges has been in the ability to give uh, communities where there is limited bandwidth access to these services. And we are working with local, regional, nonprofits and county-based uh, service organizations to build towards those things and uh, then uh, provide education resources and provide community resources to educate providers and or community members in that space. I think one of the things that we have recently done is to start experimenting with this concept of micro hospitals. And what that is, is really a combination of outpatient services and emergency services associated with the primary care and other services, which essentially creates a better uh, mousetrap for delivery of services where uh, patient density and volumes are not such that support a full-fledged hospital. You know, there's a lot of uh, smaller hospitals and 
smaller communities that are going by the wayside because they were built in the time when having a 50-bed hospital was the norm or a 100-bed hospital when utilization of those services is like occupancy of two or three inpatient beds on an average. Those are not the kind of things that will happen in the future. And as we know, technology has come a long ways in delivering services in these locations by providing e-consoles, by providing e-ICU type of services. And we have done a lot of that in our areas. And uh, that helps build confidence in communities that they're not losing services, rather they're gaining services in their area. And the third thing I'll point to is we created a very open and very transparent uh, patient-facing set of services through our mobile and our uh, web-based platforms, again with the idea that if we can take this to the patients and to their homes and give them control over not only their information, but their ability to access services, then they will come uh, with not only good questions for us when they come visit us, but also reduce their hesitancy to uh, reach out to their providers. Uh, what this manifests itself in is, Laura, that about 73% of the patients that we have at some point or the other served in the last one year have actively connected with us using those uh, internet-based uh, service delivery models, You know, whether it is asking a question, paying a bill, setting up an appointment, checking in online, looking for a price estimate, or what have you. I think that's a huge thing. Uh, we collect more than 50% of our patient-facing payments through our online portals and less through when patients are physically in our uh, four walls. I think that tells a story about how transform digital transformation truly makes a difference. Absolutely. I think that makes a lot of sense. And, you know, it's really amazing to hear how you've been able to be so successful in connecting with the community as well as healthcare providers across the region to make sure people have access to care. And it sounds like there's a lot more care happening online or, or functionalities, I guess, happening online. Um, virtual care in, in some of that transition, it seems like that could potentially be a growth area for you. Are there any other areas uh, that you're thinking about for growth, expansion, and development, um, whether it's for the entire health system or really, you know, looking at the IT teams as this focus on virtual care um, and, and digital capabilities expands? How do you see your department changing? Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, my own teams are uh, continuously uh, building skill sets in areas of uh, data science, in areas of looking at this not as a technology problem, but as a business service problem, right? As I mentioned earlier about capacity optimization, we always have faced this constraint around how many patients are we able to throughput in an ED or how many patients are we able to discharge on time or how many areas of, uh, say, 
primary care or specialty services are backlogged. I can give an example. Gastroenterology as a service has had a huge uptick in utilization. I can't put my finger on to why that may be, but we have found a mechanism to figure out between the different areas of systematizing capacity through visually managing where there is available opportunities and then connecting it to our digital sort of footprint to, for example, tell patients, hey, you don't have to wait for a phone call or you don't have to come into a doctor's office to get a screening colonoscopy set up. Uh, we rolled out self-scheduling for screening colonoscopies, I think late last October, and by May, uh, we had over 4,000 patients schedule their screening colonoscopies after visiting with their primary care doc um, through our patient portal. Right? So it removes huge amount of friction, huge amount of waste, and it required our tech teams to build new skills around building not only data models that said, hey, where can I predict the capacity will be and where can I optimize scheduling to allow for them to do this kind of work? So the problem that they were solving wasn't, do I need to get a new application up, but how can I optimize the service delivery to a patient? And the other area of uh, growth in IT technology for us is in the area of uh, how our platforms are changing. And what I mean by that is, you know, we invested, all, all of us, 10, 15 years ago, hugely into those base platforms like our electronic medical record or into our people management solutions uh, or other data warehousing technologies. And what we have sort of come to is, in some ways, a pendulum swing. While these core technologies are very robust, they don't necessarily answer every single question we have out there. And we're trying to create ecosystems that allow for these, for lack of a better word, bolt-on tech uh, applications that can create richness to the core technologies and still be seamless in how they work, right? How many data points can I integrate into a data warehouse? How many research applications can I tag on on top of it so that the researchers or the data scientists have access to the right data at the right time without having to jump through 20,000 different hoops? Or how can I, for example, recently we added another feature into our core medical records technology, which matches patients' self-reported social determinants, uh, resource gaps to services in the area, right? How can we do those things? These are the kind of uh, architectural design things that my tech teams are developing skill sets in. And we are trying to take a different approach in that how can I make those successful in non-traditional ways, meaning that I don't have to keep building data centers and keep building more 
infrastructure? Can I move some of these into partnerships or into an environment where I can scale up and scale down as business needs change? And we have uh, always continuously looked to innovate in that space. And one of the examples would be we moved all of our radiology and cardiology imaging into a uh, cloud-based infrastructure environment, which not only removed a huge amount of uh, technology burden, because as you know, imaging studies have not only grown in volumes, but also have grown in density, and we couldn't keep up with that growth. And the only logical way to go forth was to find, can we, for example, create a partnership that will allow us to scale and scale fast at the same time, build skill sets that will allow us to have uh, more technical capabilities. Now, can I run imaging analytics and start building models that allow me to, for example, pre-detect some changes in a CT that was just taken in a patient that came into the ED with stroke-like symptoms and say, hey, is there blood in that CT or not? Because that's the determinant factor that will decide whether that patient gets uh, the clot-busting medication, thrombolytics. Uh, and I'm not saying that we are going to be able to confidently make that diagnosis, but what we can definitely do is, in the reading list for the radiology team, pick that one up that has been flagged to the highest order of priority automatically. Say, hey, by the way, can you read this one first? Because we think there's something going on in there, right? So those are the kind of things that we have invested in. And where I see this going is uh, us continuing to now push towards more distributed models of healthcare, not at just the centralized space, but also, as I was mentioning earlier, in the space of uh, serving people where they need to be served and removing the pressure of services from large urban centers. You know, our, one of our primary hospitals, EDs, is about 180,000, 190,000 visits each year. That's a huge volume to keep up with for any size ED, right? And I would rather that we can find ways for patients or other people who are using our services elsewhere, find an easy way to get to those services without having to physically come to us. You know, one of the ideas that I've been exploring is thinking about building this for lack of another, you know, maybe it's going to become an Ashkewell cliche, uh, um, a new word, an autonomous pod that I place in communities, which is not staffed by humans, but essentially a delivery unit or service delivery unit where a patient can come in and be connected to either a set of uh, services that are automated or eventually through mid-level providers or nursing staff or providers uh, like MDs and other specialties to get themselves uh, taken care of without having to travel all the way. Right? 
So these are the kind of things that I think we will see come fast and furious at us. And healthcare entities, healthcare systems like us are constrained by how much capital these experiments take. And that's where I think building tech industry partnerships and pair healthcare provider industry partnerships become so important for us. So I think that was a lot of talking on my part. I will wait to see what questions you have. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that was just a, a ton of information and, and great insight and analysis in, in thinking about how the technology is evolving to really augment uh, patient care and what that means for uh, clinicians as well as your teams on the IT side, how you're developing applications and platforms to really meet the needs of patients and accelerate some of the, the great care that you're able to deliver there at Bronson. So um, thank you so much for going through all that. And I think just before we wrap up our conversation, I do have one more question for you. What are you most excited about right now? I think uh, what I'm most excited about is that healthcare and healthcare technology has matured to a point where the question that we get asked is not how we uh, have been effective in our work or making it go away, but about making it more efficient, right? It's not perceived as a barrier, but as an enabler. And that's speaking from a both an administrative and a clinical perspective. And that changes the game because the battle that we used to fight five, six years ago was you need more technology and everybody would run in the other direction. Now everybody comes and asks, hey, can we do this or can we do that? And our answer usually is, yes, we can, and here's how, right? So that's where I think uh, I see a huge uh, uptick in both technology embedding itself in day-to-day -day operations of healthcare delivery, but also changing how the healthcare business models are evolving. And I'm gonna be so excited to continue to learn from it because a lot of innovative people, a lot of forward-thinking people are out there challenging our preconceived notions around this. Ash, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. This has been a really fascinating discussion and thank you again for, for being here. I look forward to connecting with you again soon. Yeah, thank you. You have a wonderful day.